This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. My name is Linda Tuck Chapman, president on Talent Performance Solutions, a boutique advisory firm, and author of a new book, Third-Party Risk Management, Driving Enterprise Value, published by Risk Management Association and available on Amazon in April 2018. The RMA published one of the chapters about building a strong risk culture as a two-part article, the first appearing in the March edition of the RMA Journal and the second in the April edition of RMA Journal. So this is part two of the series. So this is building a strong third-party risk management culture, part two. The RMA defines enterprise risk management as the capability of an organization to understand, control, and articulate the nature and level of risk taken in pursuit of a risk-adjusted return. In a bank, enterprise risk management uh, functions are typically segmented uh, into three broad areas. Uh, credit, market, and operational risk, all designed to oversee a broad spectrum of risk the organization is facing. Now, the institution's operational risk management framework really does need to be aligned with the enterprise risk management framework. And so the RMA's Operational Risk Council has developed an operational risk uh, management framework that's designed to be scalable regardless of the size, scale, or complexity of your institution. This is available on their website, uh, and it's available at no charge for members. So an institution also needs to have a well-documented third-party risk management framework. This framework needs to be clearly aligned with the operational risk management framework, which is in turn aligned with the enterprise risk management framework. This consistency between the enterprise level, the operational risk, and the third-party risk management frameworks uh, brings a lot of consistency to the organization. It makes it a lot easier for your users to understand and comply with what you would like them to do. So to distinguish the third-party risk management framework from other types of operational risk management frameworks, normally the framework itself is very explicit about the policies, the tools, and the technologies that are developed and deployed to specifically support the third-party risk management uh, uh, program across the organization. Now, when you are thinking about third-party risk management, whether you have a framework, if you have a program, if you're thinking about it, One of the things you should really think about is how much does it cost to operate one of these things? So once you get past the development phase, um, you know, there needs to be good value for money because these things are expensive to run. So the types of questions you want to ask yourself is, well, what are the potential benefits to our organization? How do we best achieve them? And how much are we spending on third-party risk management? So I worked with a trusted colleague who was at the time the senior vice president and head of third-party risk management in a largest bank. And uh, so I had put together a cost model for this, and we kicked the tires on it together. And we came up with a, with a figure. So the annual operating costs uh, for a third-party risk management program for a smaller bank, probably about $5 million a year. I mean, this is a team sport. It involves every part of your organization. And in a larger one, uh, $35 million would not be an unreasonable number. In fact, my colleagues thought that they were much higher in their organization. And this absolutely excludes the mega bank side, which would be much, much more. So you really need to think about uh, what's in your cost model and how you're going to get best value for money. So uh, just one of the tips I I, want to give you, I get a lot of questions about, well, where does this belong as well? And so I just remind you, procurement is a risk function. They have a lot of experience putting relationships in place and conducting due diligence. And procurement is, is, uh, if you have a capable procurement department, it's a very good place to put the execution and the third-party risk management program itself. 
Uh, in some organizations, I've also seen it in IT, especially in the smaller banks. But what we're seeing now is that there's a real emergence of operational risk management in the third-party risk management program. And so a lot of institutions have actually transferred the ownership of the, of the framework, the policies, the standards, processes, and controls to operational risk so that they can actually do what, they, what, they, what they're best at in the second line of defense, and that's to make sure the controls are adequate or strong, um, preferably strong, and that they provide governance and oversight. And that means that the all, procurement and other risk functions then are accountable much more for execution at this point in time. Now, I'd also like to remind you that, you know, your, your reporting can inform or distract. So think long and hard about what you're going to put in front of your risk management committees and your board of directors. The RMA did a 2017 survey uh, on third-party risk management and have a very excellent report, and it shows what, what boards of directors are, are receiving, senior management and boards of directors are receiving in terms of information. But it goes without saying that you need to separate the, the criticality of these third-party relationships from the risk itself because they're two different things that are complementary. And so the, the senior uh, part of your organization really needs to understand the more critical of the activities and relationships that are uh, with your third parties. And then the second dimension is, well, what risk are they presenting in terms of this, the strength in their risk controls when they're working with your organization? And when it comes right down to it, they need to know how you got there as well. So that's sort of fundamentally what your, what your board is going to be looking at or should be looking at. So if you step back, you say, basically, we already talked a lot about tone at the top in part one. We talked about a third-party risk management oversight committee, and the article has a lot of information around what you should think about in terms of composition. But boy, they really do need to have authority. They need to have authority to make uh, decisions and to challenge their peers. And so what's the value proposition that you're going to get if you have all of this put in place? So I would suggest that basically you really are going to protect your organization uh, in ways that you've never been able to before. You can, you can avoid, uh, by preventing and detecting, you can stay out of trouble before you get into it. Um, if you've done risk assessments and you know that you've got some gaps, uh, you can really avoid nasty surprises by putting better controls on those uh, deficiencies and gaps, or at least monitoring for them because you know something really could go wrong. You, you also can truly protect your bottom line of your organization by protecting your reputation and, and protecting yourself from all the fallout from, uh, from some serious problems with third parties. And so I'd like to encourage you to collaborate with your peer institutions and your risk specialists to come up with a really good program. Uh, it's hard to streamline these things so that they don't feel like a major exercise in compliance and task management. You need to get above this in order to, to better manage the third-party relationships that you have. And I can guarantee you have anywhere from hundreds to tens of thousands that support your organization depending on your size and your business. So to sum it all up, a well-crafted third-party risk management program really does drive enterprise value. And having a really good one will make it a lot easier to get acceptance and, uh, and better effectiveness in your organization. So thank you for joining me today. I encourage you to listen to other uh, programs that have been uh, published by the, by the RMA. They do so a very good job on, uh, on podcasts, and uh, there's many available on their website. Thank you.